the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. That means, as you know, it's the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program, as you know, dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And because Paula's here today, you can pretty much ask about anything. Science, geology, whatever. She she knows it all. All you have to do is provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, I remind you, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here again. Thank you for asking. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Oh, you know it. It's (laughs) date day. So what's up? Well, we just started. um, Let me think. How do I want to do my show today? Let's see. Well, we just started uh, Sweet Summer Devotions last night, or Monday night, and uh, I was I got the privilege of starting it out, and I was telling the ladies I'm not going to do my, my testimony because my testimony is already online, and they hear so much about our lives, mostly from you, you know, um, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> on the morning. radio show every day. Yeah, on yeah. The, <laughs> Saturday morning just to show up, you know, kind of stuff. So um, just mainly talking uh, about the other ladies who will be sharing. and um, But the the theme is from John fifteen sixteen, where the Lord says, I chose you. And so I was just thinking, you know, with the lineup that we have, you know, it's the, the OG girls. I was telling them the OG girls. And uh, for us, OG means old girls. So we <laughs> just talked. And then we have one baby girl. So it was just one of those nights where I was just kind of introducing um, that there's different people. Um, they will speak to different uh, needs or uh, personalities, whatever. So don't miss it. And we had a pretty good crowd, um, but every week um, it will grow. It will grow. So um, just for the ladies out there who are curious, we will have the baby girl who was born here. So she's been here longer than some of our newer people, 18 years. I mean, she's been here her whole life. So um, she, Michaela, will be sharing uh, Monday night. And then the next two Mondays will be off. Next three Mondays, actually, will be off. The last two of June and July 4th being a holiday, we, we won't be on. Um, but um, July 11th, come back. So it's going to be exciting. I, I, I think Michaela's just getting ready to go. Um, on a mission trip. I mean, not, it's not a mission trip, but she's she's going with this organization mm-hmm. uh, where they they go out and they share with other youth and 
and eventually they're going to end up in Africa okay. for, for a time, and, and mm-hmm. we're all excited for her. Mm-hmm. But, but it's neat. It's neat to think about. We've got so many women who've been here for um, um, virtually the whole time that we've been open, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to hear from Rosalinda, <laughs> um, our first elder's wife, yeah. uh, from Darlene, uh-huh. who has been our children's ministry leader mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, um, there's just people that God has done things. Mary Ellen, mm-hmm. uh, who's who goes way, way back, and mm-hmm. it, it's just going to be interesting mm-hmm. to hear perspectives and see how things have mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. And, Vanessa, who wasn't even saved when we first got here, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to hear those stories, and it's going to be fun. And then Kendall, who's new, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. So you you ladies need to show up, and it's you know you can bring girls. Um, 14, 15 on up, and we have child care, you know, and uh, the, the youth meet. So it's everybody's still here. The men meet, so bring your husbands. And this is a pretty big deal. We've always gotten really big crowds for this. Yep. And the ministry that happens, you always try to say this, the ministry that happens here in person after the, the live stream goes off mm-hmm. uh, is really, really essential. Yeah. And, and uh, of course, we men don't get to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You guys have to stay out in the foyer, yeah, yeah. or in the other room where providing security. That and <laughs> yeah, and waiting for for the ladies. Yeah. To, are you all done yet? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a really wonderful time, and uh, like it's usually we start at seven and we're done by eight thirty, sorta. <laughs> you know, and then after the Q and A, I mean the Q and A is from like ten after eight till eight thirty. But then, you know, I didn't even get home till like 9.20 this past Monday just because so much other ministry was going on. I just thought you had a lot to say. Well. <laughs> no, when you came home, I said, how'd it go? And you said, I had a blast. Yeah. I really liked that. You had, you yeah. had a good time. Why? What was fun? Uh, because, and I was going to talk about that too. Uh, there's just some special times where the Lord really lets my gift of encouragement just soar. And... I really felt like the Lord was had freed me up. I can. There's some studies that are so serious that you don't dare, you know, try to bring levity, which is kind of what I do. You know, <laughs> sometimes I'm just funny. Sometimes I'm just funny. I, I don't even know it. You know? If you do say so mm-hmm. yourself, because mm-hmm. when when I write out my studies, I'm not writing a joke in there. Yeah. You know, usually when something's funny, I'm I'm really kind of telling on myself, which what is what happened. I, I you said you couldn't. Get it on your computer. I, I've, I've listened. I've tried to listen, but I, I like to see you. Yeah. And and for some reason, my, the video on my computer won't come up. So I got the audio, mm-hmm. but I won't get the video. So I've been promised that would be fixed. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll probably watch the whole thing tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, um, <laughs> I I was able to – I checked my phone, and I was able to get it. But I'm crazy, you know. It was, But it was fun to be able to make fun of myself. Um, encourage others and then it, because a long time ago the Lord told me a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down and so I can uh, y- he can use my personality um, Lord sounds a lot like my grandmother <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah he can use my personality to um, encourage other people and to let them know that you don't have to have it all together you know um, and the Lord uses those, like you were saying again last night, those foolish things, those not evens. And uh, I had done a study earlier this year too, the not evens. And um, so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and and I like the questions and the answers that we get, and then people who come up for prayer, you know. But um, yeah, so it was fun. So where I want to go next is I was because I have this gift of encouragement. Um, in Hebrews 6, verse 10, as I was out walking with the Lord yesterday, I'm trying to be like you, Pastor Ron. <laughs> well, I was out walking with the Lord yesterday. Um, I was just just talking to him about, uh, you know, other people's faithfulness, yours, um, and the fact that so many people, because from the prayer breakfast, um, ladies come and they've been praying for prodigals or Husbands that aren't walking with the Lord or uh, they're ill or somebody else is ill and they're not getting better. All those things. Um, and they're, they're not seeing a, a change, you know. Um, 
well, I was just kind of crying out to the Lord for all my friends and family, and and he just reminded me of Hebrews 6, verse 10, where it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And so um, God knows all those things. You know, we can't fix, like you were saying last night, we can't fix a situation. We can't fix anybody else. But we can look up and count on God that he is faithful. He's He's collecting our tears. He's hearing our prayers. Um, he's watching the works that we do. I mean, um, I think it's Psalm fifteen four where it says, uh, David speaking says, I will keep my vow even if it hurts. And so many of these ladies, um, and, and by extension, radio listeners, men are just hanging in there. Lord, I'm going to keep my vow to you, you know, even if it hurts. And so I just wanted to encourage um, the people that God is not unjust. He's watching. He knows all. And he says, don't quit. Don't give up. Trust me. You know, the context of the passage in Hebrews, Hebrews 6 is a passage of scripture that terrifies everybody uh, because they don't they don't really dig in and understand the context. But but the 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 uh, the Jewish converts to Christ that Paul is addressing, and I believe the Apostle Paul is the writer of Hebrews. Um, but, um, you know, they've, they've been enduring now for 20 to 30 years persecution. And and later in the book, he'll remind them, look, in the early days, you, you gladly accepted the confiscation of your property mm-hmm. because it was an honor to, to, to suffer for Christ. Um, and, and they were just getting tired of persecution. Uh, life was hard. And they were being told by Jews that the persecution would stop. All they had to do was renounce Christ and and uh, reaffirm, realign with Judaism, and and the persecution would stop. And that sounded so attractive. You mm-hmm. can almost hear the hiss of the serpent mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. It's not so. Do you mean that my life can get easier now? Mm-hmm. And Paul is encouraging mm-hmm. them to continue. Mm-hmm. He's saying, first, where would you go? There's no place else. You can't go back to the sacrificial system mm-hmm. that you know isn't true. Um, um, you, 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 uh, there, there's no other answer for sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hang in there. Mm-hmm. And then he comes up to this verse. God's not going to forget yeah. your faithfulness. God's not going to forget what you've done. Mm-hmm. God is a rememberer. Yes, he is. And, I love that yeah. about him for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, I think something that we can take into account. Um, Paula, even, even when we're going through difficult things and, uh, feel like well maybe there's no hope God remembers mm-hmm. and he always rewards those who are faithful yeah yeah can you imagine the the what is it the the Paul's or Saul of Tarsus's uh, relatives who were praying for him how I mean he was horribly <laughs> He was embarrassing to them, you know. He, they, they would they would go to to prayer meetings, and people would would talk about this crazy, brute Saul, mm-hmm. and 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 all they could do is pray for them. Mm-hmm. And you think about uh, how much um, uh, prayer went into converting him. Mm-hmm. And he says, "My relatives who were in Christ before me," mm-hmm. uh, and and you just think, "Oh my goodness, what what." faithful prayer warriors they must have been mm-hmm. and they had a, a, a reason to be personally invested in. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i love that okay we have a phone call okay let's go to reuben from Sagina line one reuben good to hear from you god bless you mama paula you just made me laugh you just made me laugh that that was i like that i like what you said about Saul. Said, boy yeah. i'm getting tired of praying for you <laughs> <laughs> She, Come on. she, she, uh-huh, you know what I'm saying? What church do you go to? You know the church we go to. You're making us look bad over here, Saul. There you go. You're making <laughs> us look bad, boy. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I used to Pastor pray. Ron. I used to pray that for Ron because I could see, I could see the potential. You know, if Ron, like Saul, Saul was running so hard to persecute Christians. That if, well, when he got saved, he was running so hard to um, be one yeah. and to and to protect them now. Well, I used to pray that same thing for Ron. I was like, Lord, you can see Amen. the potential in this guy. Can you 
Can you? Will you do something and hurry up, please? <laughs> yeah, you know, and and, and and in a way, I'm going to preface, if I may, I have some questions, but I'm going to preface this with Pastor Ron. Pastor Ron, I want to thank you, and I'm glad that, Paul, that, that uh, I mean, that uh, uh, Mama Paula said this. Uh, without you knowing, you saw the potential in me to be a better person, to be a better Christian years ago when I started talking to you. And 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 I want to thank you because you never gave up on me. Even though you never really, like, you know, uh, you know what I mean? It's just, Ruben, you that, never gave I, I up do. on me. You, Ruben, you can't give up on people you love. And you, God sort of deposited you in my heart, I think, with the very first phone call you ever made to the program. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, let me get on because I know you got other people on, but... Um, uh, as you know, I'm, um, I'm in, I'm in the book of revelations and boy, I'm having a good time, but I got to some pretty scary chapters here, uh, <laughs> seven, eight and nine. <laughs> it's talking about different things coming out. Um, the one thing that, that I wanted to ask about is uh, this is something that I'm confused. Just, just no one, it wasn't nothing that no one told me. It's just I don't quite understand it. The hundred and forty-four thousand, and then in the next chapter it talks about the ones that are waiting and were robed with white robes. So it doesn't give an account, but who are the hundred and forty-four thousand, and then who are the ones waiting, and then are the ones waiting are they the ones that going to be tormented by the locust that is going to be set loose upon the earth? Okay, I can do that, Ruben. Before before you hang up, you're a worship guy, so so let me let me give you something to watch. True, pure worship. Okay. Uh, go to calvaryessay.com, <laughs> and at the end of our worship set yesterday, so you don't have to listen to me. That that you don't have to listen to what I said. Yeah, it's but before he talks. Before I before I talk, I I went up after the fourth song, and I said I, I've got one other thing to to do for worship here. And we call a little girl up. I, I want you to listen. I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. but uh, just listen to that and you tell me um, what you think of that kind of worship. But it's Calvary okay, Essay man. last night last night's service. Okay, Calvary Essay, CalvaryEssay.com. Okay, I will look at it and I'll let you know. Thank you, Reuben. God bless you. A um, couple of things. The <clears throat> Reuben, the hundred forty-four thousand are 12,000 Jews from each of the 12 tribes of Israel um, that God will gather together. He will endue them with supernatural power. He will uh, seal them so that they are invincible. They can't be hurt. Uh, They can't be killed. Remember, there's death all around in the Great Tribulation. Uh, But these are the 144,000 evangelists that will literally be sent around the world. Uh, Imagine 144,000 healthy, invincible Apostle Pauls. And that's what you've got here with this group. And these are God's um, uh, ambassadors, and they are going to lead the greatest revival in the history of the world. So that's who they are. Don't let anybody confuse you, Jehovah's Witnesses or or Seventh-day Adventists or anybody else. These are 12,000 Jews from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and they are going to lead the greatest revival in the history of the world in the last days. Now, part of the problem is that the people that come to Christ under their ministry are going to be martyred for their faith. So when you see those in the subsequent chapter who are waiting, uh, how long, O Lord, till you avenge our death, they're under the altar of God, Uh, They are the people that got saved and yet then died as a result of their faith at the hands of the Antichrist and his regime. So that's all that is in view there. Nothing more and nothing less. I hope that helps. Thank you, Ruben, very, very much. Let's go to Lucy on line two. Lucy, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Paula. Hi, my sweet sister. How's going on your date day today? It's going well. Mm-hmm. And when we get home tonight, we'll, we'll have some dinner and we'll relax and watch some TV. And I'll look into his big blue eyes. You know, oh, anything else you, anything else you need to know? <laughs> no, 
that's okay. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. all romantic, and you're a very good example to all of us. Um, uh, okay, my question today, before I start babbling, um, my question today is related to some conversations that have been coming up recently. I've heard on the radio um, Pastor Ron say very clearly that um, people who are saved, truly, truly saved, and have accepted Jesus into their lives cannot be possessed by demons or whatever. And then there's Christians who experience demon oppression, mm -hmm. but then there's other people who um, just normal, everyday stuff that happens, uh, like losing your keys or, uh, you know, whatever might come up, they're very quick to blame, oh, it's the enemy, he wants to disturb me, and he wants to make things go wrong for me. Um, there, it seems to me that there should be a balance and, and knowing when to cast blame on the enemy and when to not, because, I mean, obviously, just stuff happens. Um, but when there is someone who feels like they they are needing prayer and feels the that they are demon oppressed what how how do we approach that and uh, and how what do we call it what what kinds of words are acceptable because some people have asked um, especially new people that come to church and they don't know how we operate, they'll say, oh, do you have a deliverance ministry at your church? Well, mm -hmm. of course, Jesus delivers you when he uh, comes into your life and when you are saved, truly saved. But uh, I think sometimes semantics get in the way and what people call different things. So can you give us guidance on how to deal with certain people that, are in those categories yeah. that I just described. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can do that, Lucy. I can do that. Thank you. you know, Thank you very one, much. One of the favorite cartoons I've ever looked at, there was a, a cartoon of a character dressed up like the devil. He was sitting on a rock, and, and there were tears coming from him, and he was crying, and you could see the, 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 the effect of the tears. And um, somebody walks up to him and says, Well, I'm sorry, Satan. Why are you crying? And he goes, it's those Christians. They keep blaming me for stuff I haven't had the chance to do yet. And we, we need we need to realize that. And Lucy is exactly right, Paula. Balance is the key. Um, um, every Christian, every real Christian is demon oppressed. The devil is huffing and puffing oh, and yeah. threatening to blow their house mm -hmm. down and lying and trying to mm -hmm. discourage them and get them to be depressed and, and all kinds of things, tempting them with all kinds of sin. Mm -hmm. That's the devil's job. Mm -hmm. And I think as Christians, we have to take a realistic and practical approach to, to that. That's his job. And he's really good at his job. <laughs> Been doing it yeah. forever. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> never, never had a, a performance review that wasn't great. Yeah. He does his job. But... That power has no effect on those of us who are in Christ unless we give him the power. And we give him the power to cause us difficulty by disobedience, by a heart that is, is not for the Lord. Uh, those times when we're selfish, those times when we do what we want to do and we're, we're not concerned with what God wants for us. Um, and, and when we are in our flesh, not walking with Jesus, um, we are no match for the devil. It's that simple. And that's when he laughs because sometimes those Christians who are in really bad churches will say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And Satan just goes, you bind all you want. Mm -hmm. And then he pounds us like a little mm -hmm. punching doll. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we got to understand that's what we, we are all demon oppressed. That's the nature of walking with Jesus, being light in the middle of darkness. Demon possession is something entirely different. And Christians cannot be demon-possessed. Um, um, I hate to bring this up again, but the shooter in Uvalde was a demon-possessed kid. Uh, when you see these horrible mass murders, suicides, those are often demon-possessed people. 
Um, but but as a Christian, we don't have to worry about that because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And he won't share light with darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get the same question, Lucy, about deliverance ministries. Romans 3.24 is our deliverance ministry. Uh, all you have to do is have enough faith to believe it. Um, we have been justified just as if we'd never sinned freely by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross 2,000 years ago. So um, often when people um, want to be uh, delivered from something, uh, all they're confessing to is that uh, I'm not willing to stop this on my own. I'm not willing to repent of my sin. I'm blaming my sin on the devil. And that's why this teaching is so popular, Lucy. It's because uh, it gives us um, something else or someone else to blame for our disobedience. And Paula, um, we, we've put up with this now for all of our 27 years here. Uh, people always wanting an easy way out or somebody else to blame. And God says if, if you're going to overcome, uh, you got to take personal responsibility for the condition of your life. Yeah. Oh, I thought we had another couple of minutes. We don't. Hey, uh, on the top of the, at the top of the break, I'm going to make another quick announcement, and then uh, we'll get back into whatever Paula wants to do for the left. We, for the rest, we love your calls, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the show we have 30 minutes more of paula 340-9585 for your live calls and questions Paula, I, before we get started, two things. One, we have an afterglow coming up tomorrow night here mm-hmm. at the church. Mm-hmm. We will not be having our regular Bible study. We finished the book of Revelation uh, last Friday. And what we like to do is have an afterglow where the uh, <clears throat> the body gets a chance to minister to itself. The exercise of the gifts uh, are permitted. And it's always a really, really sweet time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's tomorrow at 7 o'clock. We'll have worship and then go right into an afterglow for about an hour, mm-hmm. uh, and it's always neat. I'm excited. We we've got so much going on here at the church yeah. that I'm excited to see. I, I think the Lord has some direct direct messages for us, um, and uh, so that's tomorrow night. And then on uh, Sunday, I'm going to be doing the second part of of uh, marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Uh, we're going to be doing that. So a um, lot going on. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want you to talk about, okie dokie, is um, I, I mentioned to Reuben about the, the special worship that we had last night mm-hmm, here in our mm-hmm. Wednesday night Bible study. Mm-hmm. Tell the story. Tell tell everybody what happened. Oh, while she was singing. Well, th- th- what led up to it? Oh, okay. What led up to it? You better tell the story, Pastor Ron. Well, you were with me. You said. Oh yes, I said. Can you hear, Karen? I mean, we had a church full, and the kids are in the back corner. Mm-hmm. But that's their song. That's those yeah. kids' song. And, and they, especially they, her. They come in for worship and then they go to their own thing. It, it, but, mm-hmm. but this is her favorite song. Yeah, did. this is her favorite song. And I was like, over all the people, adults singing, I'm in the front row. We're in the front row. She's in the back row almost. And I said, can you hear her? She was just singing her heart out. It was just <laughs> amazing. And so uh, evidently the Holy Spirit said, tap, tap, tap on your shoulder. <laughs> Bring her up here, but yeah, she—that's her song. What? That was the second song in the fourth song set uh-huh. on Wednesday night, and uh, so I, I went to uh, Karen's mom and said, "Would you go ask her if she'll sing?" Yeah. Now she sung before at the talent show. Yes, and but that's a little different because mm-hmm. the room wasn't as full, and and she was expecting it. Yeah, and she was prepared <laughs> for it. 
And uh, and so she said, uh, she told her mom, well, well, I would, but can Ashley hold my hand? And Ashley ended up coming up and accompanying her on the guitar. Yes. But but after the, the four songs, I go up and just getting ready to start. And so I said, don't unplug the guitar. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, um, boy, the Lord really put in my heart to, to do this. And we invited Kieran to come up. Mm-hmm. And little five-year-old or six-year-old now, she, she just finished kindergarten. That's right. Uh, and, and we asked her to sing. And in front of a whole room full of uh, adult, she sang her song. Is it? I know it's the famous one. Is the chorus famous for? What's the do name? what you're famous for? Is that the name? Famous of the song? for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Famous for. Mm-hmm. And and um, she just sang her heart. Yeah. So if if anybody in this audience wants to be really blessed yeah. and you want to see what worshiping in spirit and truth is, mm-hmm. I, I think in heaven. Yeah. When when the questions are, well, what did you mean when you said anyone must worship him in spirit and in truth? Mm-hmm. I think Jesus will play. <laughs> Kieran last night mm-hmm. and and so we got it preserved on the website yeah so after the four worship songs all come up and then we'll keep keep everybody there. and she comes up and listen to this little girl yeah sing her heart out mm-hmm. to Jesus yeah. uh, little tiny microphone yeah. I mean, it was just uh, I just sat there my nose starts running I'm crying and I'm thinking, you had to keep turning around because yeah. you're on stage already you had to keep turning around and blow your nose yeah. how am I going to talk with all this going on <laughs> and, and the sweetest I, thing is um, for the talent show you know Ashley was her her backup band and so when she brought Ashley up with her you have to come with me you have to come with me um, Amy Amy gave up her guitar to have Ashley accompany this little and so Ashley's getting ready to be a senior in our school and Kieran's getting ready to be a first grader. And so we were talking about this morning about this this morning about um just the sweetness of the older kids taking these younger ones under their wings and just it, nobody's above anyone else. It's like I remember when I was your age and let me help you in your walk with the Lord. And uh yeah, and just it was just the sweetest thing. <laughs> and I've seen her sing that song. And yet I'm crying like a baby. Then her dad, you know, after it's <laughs> over, <laughs> he comes up to get Kleenex because his nose, you know, he's got to blow his nose. It was just a, a really sweet time. So you know, it, it would be a great family thing to watch together. <laughs> uh, maybe family devotions tonight mm-hmm. or, or even at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Just to set that up and say, let, let's see what worshiping in spirit and truth is all about. Yeah. And, um, you know, Jesus said, suffer not the little children to come unto me. Mm-hmm. Um, this girl has a story. Um, God has delivered her from from a life that is um, indescribably bad. That would have been. Would have been. Yeah. And, and he's put her in a family. Yeah. And and this is his reward, and I think Jesus is probably hitting replay on that. <laughs> you know all, he is all day long. Today. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> because, but but go to calvarysa.com. Yeah. And uh, it, after the four worship songs, mm-hmm. um, just be patient for thirty seconds or so, mm-hmm. and then she comes up and just watch that. And it will bless you abundantly. Yeah. Amazing yeah. thing. So yeah. do that. And I'd like to hear some of your responses. Let's go to line one. We've got Paula's little sister mm-hmm. on line one. Thanks for calling. You're on the air, little sis. Hey there. How are you guys? Your date sounds Hi. wonderful, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we always have a good time on our date day. I figured so. Like mm-hmm. Lucy said, we just get to glean off of that and learn more. Mm, cool. Um, I love you. Say, yeah. Oh, thank you. I needed that. Mm-hmm. I love you right back. Mm-hmm. Wednesday Thanks. was wonderful. The, you know, that was a surprise to me to hear little Kirsa sing. And then at the end of uh, the live program, I had to uh, go back to it so I can hear it again. <laughs> and I just realized I could do that at the end. It says uh, a replay or something like that, so I could punch it and I could go back and do it again. It was wonderful. Yeah. My question is in regards to Sunday service um, and the fact that, as you said, Pastor Ron, God owns our marriage. And so um, I have a wonderful friend of mine that this comes to my heart, it kind of breaks my heart, but 
as a Christian, when when married to someone who professes to be Christian, but there's no fruit, and that person, the, the false Christian, I'll say, is mentally and verbally abusive to the spouse who is a Christian, is it acceptable in God's eyes for the Christian to, and I can't use the word in my house because that's not allowed, but is it acceptable for the Christian person to do that, to proceed in that with the non-Christian person? That's my first question. And my second question to that is, in what ways can a believer encourage that Christian person who is in a marriage such as that. And I'm going to hang up because I really want to focus in on the answer to this. I love you guys so much, and thank you for always being there for us. Thank you, Alicia. We're praying Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll handle the first part, Paula. You you do the encouragement part because you lived it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, The the word that that Alicia can't use in her home is divorce. Mm And that was the subject of our mm-hmm. our message, and and I want to say this, you know, there's there's a lot of people who say they're Christians who have nothing to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you call me Lord and do not do what I say? Jesus will ask. Uh, Depart from me, you doer of iniquity. Um, it, it's simply impossible to 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 be a a true believer and treat your spouse with disrespect. Uh, to verbally or mentally abuse that person. Um, physical abuse, of course, is something entirely different. Um, so, so the, the, the response, Alicia, has to be um, from, from treating, her, treating the, the husband like an unbeliever. And by that I mean he becomes the object of, of your ministry, not the enemy of it. And, and you're evangelizing not just with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but by living the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're, um, you're, you're demonstrating that the power of God is greater than his power. A lot of men, now I, I know it works the other way around. So if, if you are in the other way around uh, circumstance, just, just apply it in reverse. But, but a lot of men are control freaks. And we, we get this perverse pleasure in, in controlling uh, our lives, controlling our wives, controlling our kids. Um, that, that's just, you know, we, we go to work and we're controlled. We come home, we want to be the controller. And um, um, the, the thing that, that convinced me that Paula's Jesus was real all those years that she was praying for me was that I knew that her Jesus was more powerful than I was. I knew he was real because I couldn't steal her joy. And as difficult as this is, and make no mistake, everybody in this audience, understand, I know how difficult what I'm about to say is. But we've got to remain in the presence of the Lord. In his presence is the fullness of joy. We've got to remain in his presence, and we've got to demonstrate the joy that comes from being with Jesus, even in those really difficult circumstances. I've got a dear listener on the radio show from Austin, and I've been praying for her husband to get saved. Uh, for a long, long time. And this woman, um, um, just there's a joy that exudes from her because she gets her strength from the presence of the Lord. And that's our responsibility. God's grace is sufficient even in those difficult situations. Um, you know, I could, uh, one day, I won't do it, but but I could go into Paula's journals when she was praying for me and she was pouring her heart out to the Lord. She was pouring her hurt out to, to before the Lord. Um, and there was a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. Uh, but I didn't see it because what I saw was somebody who loved Jesus enough to hold on to him. And it, frankly, Alicia, made me jealous. It made me jealous. And so when my life fell apart, I knew that's what I needed to do. My final thought on this, and I'll turn it over to Paula, is um, uh, something that people aren't going to like hearing. But uh, verbal abuse, being a jerk, is not a divorceable action. Um, you say, well, he's mentally abusive. He's a narcissist. You know, he, he's phys- or verbally abusive to me. Uh, he's a jerk. Um, understand that's what sinners are. And uh, that's not grounds. Uh, not being happy is not grounds for divorce. So pray for your friend. 
um, pray that she will, will, will find that the grace of God is sufficient for her um, and um, um, pray that God will do a miracle in her husband. Follow the encouragement part. Mm-hmm. That's your <laughs> stronghold here. Yeah, I loved Sunday's message. Though, you know, and I do have Psalm 15, 4, right at the beginning because you started out the, um, the title and you always say you don't give a title but I give a title to your messages. And you started out saying, I promise Jesus. And I wrote the word personal, Psalm fifteen four, where it says, I will keep my vow even when it hurts. And then your subtitle was grace, grace, and more grace. Receive it and give it. That's what, that's what I put down there. And then God's plan for marriage. Um, and then, in, of course, in 1 Peter 3, it says... Um, you know, wives do all of these things that your husbands may be won over. And and when you, that that my sister can't even use the word divorce um, in her vocabulary, that's what the Lord had told me uh, with you, is to take the word divorce out of my vocabulary. That was not going to come up. You know, I can use the word, of course, but it's it was not going to be used as uh, any kind of a threat or even a reality when your mom said, look, honey, you and the boys come live with me. And she would have taken really good care of me. Um, but the Lord had already said no, no to that. And, um, you know, we, our bodies are not our own. We've been bought with a price. And um, unfortunately for some of us wives, Jesus loves jerks, but he wants to change them. He wants to save them as well. And um, when I was teaching on Monday night saying, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And my response to that was, I love thinking about how God chooses to see me when most of us uh, see our sin, forgetting his grace. And what happens is sometimes when the people that we love, that should love us, when they say, mean and hurtful things, we've been so conditioned for the most part over our lives to halfway believe that. So when those who we love come at us with those same ugly things, it's just like, this is too much. So I understand that she wants to look for that loophole that says mental or uh, not physical, but mental abuse is a way out. But you ended up saying, if married, stay that way. Resolve. If you need help, to get it. Um, biblical counseling. Um, and that is what she needs. But she needs to see herself through Jesus' eyes. And, you know, I got to that place where, and it, it took a while, got to that place where I had to say, he doesn't see who God has made me. He doesn't see right. He only can see himself. Um and hurting people hurt people, insecure people try to make other people insecure. And that's, God was letting me know that's what was going on. And so um, that Ron was able to see that my Jesus was real is because thou, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. And I was able to lift my head up and see the God who sees me. And he sees me whole and perfect and beautiful, and I'm his um, um, his vessel of honor. And remember, the Lord asked me, will you let me love Ron through you? I was, at the first, I was like, no. No, it's not going to happen. Um, but I had to get my eyes up higher um, to love Jesus. So that's my counsel. Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. And what we've got to realize is that that um, it's his joy, not our own. Yes. In difficult circumstances, mm-hmm. they're going to keep us uh, mm-hmm. holding on. Yeah. They're going to give us that, the strength that we need to sustain. Uh, Leisha, this, this, this lady's resolve, um, her commitment to Jesus, uh, her promises are being tested now. Mm-hmm. And if if she bails because it's hard for her, well, then the lesson there is that we have limits to our love for and our devotion to Jesus. Yeah. 
And I know nobody likes to hear that because, well, God, doesn't God want me to be happy? He would love for you to be happy, but he's much more concerned about about us being obedient mm-hmm. than he is being happy. Mm-hmm. And then that God, and this is supernatural. It doesn't make any sense in the, in the natural realm. But supernaturally, when we're obedient, guess what? We're going to be happy. Yeah. Even even when we're not happy. Mm-hmm. And so your friend needs not only to, to, to go get biblical counseling, go to her pastor mm-hmm. and get some counseling. Um, um, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether he'll go or not. And I'm assuming he won't because mm-hmm. he didn't see any problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does, and she needs to really dig in and get involved in the fellowship of believers, yeah. serve them, yeah. um, serve the church, mm-hmm. uh, have a life that brings her great satisfaction and great joy. And I can promise you the husband is going to get jealous. Mm-hmm. If she's sitting around waiting for him to change to make her life better, which is what I was doing, uh, the Lord will let her know, like he let me know, that that was the wrong motive. Um, Jesus died for him. Jesus died for her. She needs to understand that. Um, But she also needs to understand that um, the joy doesn't come from her husband being changed or nice or whatever. Her joy comes from the Lord. And so you ended the Sunday service by saying, Serve God by loving your spouse, even if they're unlovable, but help her to be realistic. He's not a believer, or at least he's not acting like a believer. You can't fix him, have yeah. no expectations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that's going to happen. Uh-huh. And, and if we get to the point where, you know, I've been nice and I've been doing this and, mm-hmm. and this is the thanks I get. Well, then that, real, that, that reveals sort of the selfish motivation of our heart. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this for Jesus, who, by the way, loved us when we were his mm-hmm. enemy. Yeah. When we were ungodly, Christ died yeah. for sinners. Yeah. And um, uh, I know that's a bitter pill to, to swallow, mm-hmm. but the rewards, what you will reap from being obedient is beyond anything that we can describe. Way, way better. And please, um, little sister, um, help her to look up to Jesus and not out or looking beyond to any other new relationship um, or even thinking that uh, being without him in her life will make things better because most of the time it doesn't. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, we just had a caller call in anonymously to the studio that said, uh, can you explain 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14? Uh, let me read the chapter. Oh, gosh, we're only in five minutes here, Paula. Time's really flown by. Um, verse 14 in 1 Corinthians 11 says, does not, uh, let me go back to verse 13. Judge for yourselves, is it proper, proper for one to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him, but that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory? For long hair is given to her as a covering. Now, this isn't about the length of hair. This is what I want everybody to understand. <laughs> Paul was dealing with an out-of-control church, and the context always is critical. He was dealing with an out-of-control church, and and up to the, the verses that you asked about, he's talking about this, this out-of-control climate in the church where the women are acting out from under the authority of their husbands. And he's telling them, you can't do that. And so in in verses 13 and 14, he's just using an example from nature. It's a general thing. He's not saying, caller, that if you are a man and you have long hair, it's a disgrace. Uh, Jesus, I'm pretty sure, had long hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the way he's always pictured Mm -hmm. because that was the the common um, look for males in the day that Jesus was was walking the earth. So he's not saying that at all. What he's saying is, look, here's just an example. The, the general rule is a woman has long hair, and in those days and age they wore veils, um, and, and a man has shorter hair, and, and that's just the natural way of things. In the same way, he's saying, for a woman to pray without being under the authority of her husband, and make no mistake, chapter 11 is about rebelling against authority. If a woman is praying to God without being under the authority of her husband, then in fact, God is unable to hear her prayers. That's all that's happening. And Paul is writing uh, very directly to the church at Corinth because they were out of control in every facet of their church life. Okay, Paul, I think we're probably a little over three minutes left 
in the program today, so um, I'm going to leave now, and you can just take over. Okay. All right, baby. So I was really thrilled with um, the pastor's discipleship class, second session, where you were talking about uh, the church, you know, and, and the encouragement is for the church to regain its attractiveness. Um, and so what you started out with, the, the, Lord, the church at large has lost its attractiveness. We uh, n- need to live our lives inside the church. Okay, we're all, you know, Christianese and, yeah, what up, what up, bro? All good, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we need to live the same outside of church so that... Yeah. You know, it kills me. Just you gave me the look, and what? I've seen that look from say, you know somebody say, "Hey, how you doing?" Praise the Lord, God is good. <laughs> you know, just stop that. <laughs> I just asked you a question. How you doing? Uh-huh. Just be normal. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. you hate that. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I, that's you know, I'm good. Yeah. But if I'm not, like, be honest. You pray for my hip. Yeah. <laughs> but not to be complaining. But yeah, we've lost our attractiveness. Um, and we need to live our lives uh, outside of the church as well so that people will see it's good to be a real Christian, to be a real Christian. Uh, we need to be advocates of, you know, Hebrews ten twenty five. Come on, get back in church. And I, we're not really having that problem here. Um, we have more people than we have room for, but the Lord's making space. He's making space, but I'm I'm writing down names. And as fast as I can get to them, I'm writing them down. But You know, Paul, to make your point, our, our landlord here, uh, used to get all kinds of complaints because we dominate the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And and he would tell them all, he'd say, believe me, it's good that the parking lot is full yeah. because it's attracting new people. Yeah. Well, when the church is full and there's a lot of joy in a church, mm-hmm. that's a good thing mm-hmm. because that's attracting the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, and the angry. Yeah. And and that's what you're addressing. Yeah. yeah, and the people in this shopping center are benefiting from all of those people who come here. It's like... Oh, they're they're parking, but they're coming to our businesses either before or after church. We we, we just want to be quiet, but let's be just, attractive again. I just discovered a problem in my life. What's that? With you, I'm having so much fun. It goes so fast. Oh, and that's sweet. This program has gone fast. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Lord willing, I will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. Remember to go to calvarysa.com and listen to Kieran. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.